Hi, everybody. You're listening to the New Dayton Podcast. I'm your host, Chip James, and I'm setting out to shine a light on some of the amazing things happening in and around our great city. On the podcast, you'll hear from exciting people who see Dayton as a city of opportunity and are taking an active role in creating a new Dayton where small businesses and individuals can thrive. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get to today's episode. As somebody who loves an afternoon cold press juice or maybe a ginger shot, um, all of those kind of fun drinks as sort of alternatives to coffee, uh, I knew that we would have to track down the folks that started the Santa Clara Juicery and have a chat with them about their origination story. And really what I wanted to find out is what drew them to their location. For those of you that don't know the Santa Clara Juicery, you know, it sounds like it's going to be this sort of hoity-toity, bougie, you know, hipster juice bar, most likely going to be in the suburbs or, you know, perhaps the Oregon district. But no, the Santa Clara Juicery, um, created and run by Elizabeth and David First, is located on North Main Street, just about a mile north of downtown. And as you'll hear in the podcast, Elizabeth in particular is super passionate about that area. Uh, Santa Clara Juicery is just a couple of blocks from where she grew up as a kid, where she attended school and ran a garden as a little girl. So such a cool story. Let's dive into the interview with Elizabeth and David First of the Santa Clara Juicery. So you guys are kicking around the idea of uh, launching of all things a juice bar in Dayton, Ohio, mm-hmm. which for someone like me who loves juices and shots, mm-hmm. meaning ginger shots, turmeric shots, whatever, right. um, sounds amazing, but also a little scary because uh, most people think of a juice bar and they think of like sunny skies, beachy towns, surfers, skateboarders, whatever. Um, yoga, Pilates people. <laughs> right. Dayton's not necessarily known for that. Dayton's a little bit of a, a more gritty town. Um, Bible Belt, Midwest, tough, strong. So you're kicking around the idea for a juice bar. And who's pushing it harder? And who's really um, really wanting to see it come to fruition? So the person that wanted <laughs> to start the juicery was me. And out of all honesty, I wasn't drinking juice i was doing it to lose some weight and maintain and um we evans electric had a building that was being used for storage like old pipe and lights and Mm -hmm. mildew and mold and all this stuff and Mm. we were like what should we do with mold let's make it a juice bar (laughs) so we did the blue one is moldy Um, juice (laughs) yeah so what you're drinking is not ginger it's anyways um no we that's Truthfully, what happened is how do we how do we take this building and make it into something cool, um, but also with the the mission and the vision to transform the neighborhood. So uh, Evans Electric, I'll never forget. It was in my first few months. I'm not from Dayton. In my first few months at the business, we hired someone, and she was the first office person that I hired, and it was. I think she was two weeks in and we're sitting up front talking about something and two people start shooting at each other 
right outside the building. Hmm. So down A and we're ducking and yeah. Um, anyways, um, yeah, that's seriously what happened though. We we watched shootings. I saw someone try to stab his girlfriend or wife right in front of the juicery in broad hmm. daylight. Um, we weren't the juicery at that time. We were just building it out and. Um, honestly, it just came at a time where we bought the building for $13,000 and it was a bunch of storage and just started chiseling away at the walls. Wow. And so we gutted it and stripped it down to nothing and realized that we had a lot of money that we needed to put into it. And so (laughs) we started working on it. But um, yeah, the whole intent was to create conversations with those people that were shooting each other and the prostitutes. So we wanted a mechanism where if it was another Evans Electric or a, another service company, we would never have them walk into our building. So we needed a retail storefront, and right. we knew that the area was a food desert, and so we wanted to bring something that was nutritional, um, something that people come in and just get a banana. We had heard mm-hmm. a lot of stories of you couldn't even get a banana in the area. Right. Um, and so uh, we wanted something that we could actually talk to the people that were outside doing things that everyone else was scared of. Mm. So uh, it was a little scary at first, but the more you started getting into it and getting to know the people, like the fear started going away. So where more, more people would run away from shootings or prostitution, we were like, let's build in the middle of this and yeah. do something. So crazy it's almost like what a church would do yeah it was being from Dayton it was endearing to have Dave want to start something where I grew up and this little building that was right next to my parents office it was um, something that we were always like tossing around like at one point it was a bike shop and then it was you know a bookstore and like a cricket store and then it was storage like we were talking about and then it, uh, Dave was like, we should put a coffee shop in there. And I was like, well, that's cool. Something for the community to come to. I have always been a long time juicer, like growing up my whole family, we, we ate healthy, all that kind of stuff. So then he started going to a little bitty, um, juice bar around the corner, um, from where we're located now. And, uh, was like, Hey, ginger shots are changing my life. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, they'll do that if you try, give them a try. Right. Yep. <laughs> and so um, he decided, he was like, that's what we should put in that space. It's gotta be a juice bar. It's a food desert. We're finding out terrible things about how people have no access to healthiness. Right. And I was like, okay, wait, no, that's a lot. No, we should not do that. That's a bad idea. It's just too much. Like we got too much going mm-hmm. on. And then he was like, no, we're gonna do that. That's what we're gonna do. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Like that's, yeah. I would love to have a juice bar right next to where we're located. That's well, amazing. So for people who are listening that aren't familiar with the term food desert, can you expand upon that? Obviously I, I know the term, but I mean, I, I still think it, it's worth talking about. Talk about a food desert and why you say that about downtown Dayton specifically where, where the juice bar is located. Yeah. So imagine having uh, no car, no bike and the only place that you can get food is the gas station within walking distance. That's a food desert. So you can literally, the, what the kids in that area are eating is um, food out of a gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the Dollar General, there might be some microwavable stuff, but there isn't a Kroger, there isn't a Walmart, there isn't a um, Target. Yes, they are within driving distance. You're in the heart of a city, but um, most people in this area don't have 
a vehicle or a means to get there. So we met a couple in the middle of this who was walking down the street and we had just done a big cleanup um, and we were celebrating with hot dogs and so we invited them to come in. They had a couple little kids just like ours and we invited mm -hmm. them to come in. They were on their way, they were walking to the plasma shop mm -hmm. so that he could give blood, so that he could get enough money to get a bus fare to go to the store five miles north. Oh, to get food. To get food. Yeah. So, and that was how he was going to feed his family. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the children in the area, their only food comes at school. So they go to school and that's how they get fed. Otherwise, they're getting a bag of chips, uh, one bag of chips a day. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that will last a couple days. Mm -hmm. um, and like so, at the local gas station and, and something station. that we just yeah. don't comprehend in suburbia mm -hmm. we just don't understand it because we many of us have jobs and if you've just lost a job you still get unemployment or you get right. some mechanism of money i mean doordash is has made our world so much easier mm -hmm. <laughs> isn't that funny it's now easier to get food right as long as you have money Right. So uh, the food desert is an area where people just, not only do they not have m money, but they don't even have a store to go to. Right. My eyes were open to the food desert concept, honestly, the, for the first time when the documentary came out in September of 2018, which we're sort of tired of talking about. But it's one of the things that the Dateline documentary, Frontline, that uh, motivated this podcast and I think has motivated several other Daytonians and other formats to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And when you first hear the concept of the food desert, it's like this gut wrenching, like idea, like you said, it's to me when I'm hungry, I go eat, right? I get in my car or I go down to the store and I grab food and I eat, but it's not that easy for everybody. Even right here in the heart of our downtown in Dayton, it's not that easy. There aren't stores, you know, I remember them saying that the only lettuce available within like a five mile radius was at Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're going to Burger King for lettuce, <laughs> there's a problem. Yeah, and what's interesting is it's almost like um, you get, I'm, I'm being careful with my words, but it's almost like you get stuck in a rut, in a generational rut. So what happens is, a lot of the restaurants or the grocery stores have left that area because they were robbed so much. Mm -hmm. So the businesses lose money or it's unsafe for the employees or whatever, so they have to leave. But the reason they're getting robbed is because the people in the area have no mechanism of making money. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? It's just like Aladdin. You're stealing so that you can live. And I just saw the new Aladdin and he said that line. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of hit my heart because we're literally around those kind of people all the time. And, you know, for me to eat a hot dog in the back and grill a hot dog for our staff. And we're so happy about the fact that we just, quote, cleaned up an area. Um, but this is their area. This is their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. This is their livelihood. And, um, you know, I, I think it's just that's that's the part that we're still looking at and, and building with relationships. Is, it's more, you can't just come in and, oh, we're gonna have a hipster juicery mm -hmm. right. and we're going to bring in some business and give some jobs and things will be better. You're talking about generations of mindset of how to survive. Mm -hmm. Just like we've all learned how to survive, 
right. in our areas. Um, and so that's, that's why it was so important for us to build relationships. We needed a juicery so that we could actually build relationships and get mm -hmm. to know people and, and just be a part of the help, not right. the hindrance. You know, growing up right around where the juicery is located, I went to school right there. There was a huge high school there called Dayton Christian, and mm -hmm. it was there for a long time. And um, I went there, and um, I uh, also grew up in that area. And so there were gardens, community gardens, located throughout the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So all of Five Oaks, um, all you know, even like into West Side Dayton, um, community gardens. Everybody participated in community mm. gardens that was like on every block and it was in your backyard. We all had gardens in our backyard. Right. That was a part of growing up in Dayton. That was at least the part of me growing up in Dayton. Right. That's um, your memory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, and I think a lot of, of people um, that I grew up around, that was a big piece of it. And so when we moved back to Dayton after being gone for 14 years, um, I was like, well, at least there's community gardens. This will be easy to do this juice bar. We'll be able to get local produce as much as it can be grown in Dayton. And right. uh, that was not the case. Yeah. Um, community gardens are completely overgrown hmm. and there's very few people that are still involved with it. Like our guy that comes and picks up our compost, he's one of the last surviving community gardens in Five Oaks, actually. Right. So you walk by the community gardens that you knew as a kid and they're yeah, no more? Yeah, they are overgrown. Wow. Yeah, no one tends them. Um, it is not a part of uh, the culture in the neighborhood anymore. And um, it was uh, it was, it was uh, a family-friendly experience. Mm -hmm. um, people really participated in, in the community garden, especially in the Five Oaks area, actually. And um, it's... Uh, it's not available anymore. And I think that would do a lot to solve a lot of our food crisis right. that we're in, you know, if people knew how to grow their own thing. I know my very first experience, I told you this because I came in with purple uh, all over my pants. <laughs> but my first experience at the Santa Clara Juicery was uh, an acai bowl. I got a shot too. I can't remember what shot, but, and then an acai bowl to go, which is scary. Uh, and sure enough, I got it into my car and set it on the middle console or whatever you call that and like my hand had this like out of body experience where it wanted to knock it directly into my lap or into my crotch <laughs> and i could see it happening in slow motion and i couldn't stop it it was like this weird like boom and i just spilled it all over the interior of the car all over my light gray pants i hadn't even had a bite yet so i went back into the store like covered in purple and the girl behind the counter just looked at me like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, and she was so nice. And I didn't even have to say, like, would you please, like, remake it? It wasn't her fault, obviously. And she's like, can we remake it? I'm like, oh, it's so nice of you. <laughs> and it was just such a good experience. It wasn't bougie. It wasn't... Um... She turned on Purple Rain, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, like, really bad. And I went straight to the performance and stuff. But... Um, so nice, such a nice staff. Have you found that you've got people in Dayton that want to be a part of the community and the movement like you guys? Yeah, I mean, we have, uh, I mean, lots of people that are messaging us and sharing stuff all the time. Um, I think that uh, the area is still, um, I don't know even how to describe it. The area is to people that live outside of downtown or mm -hmm. that live outside of 
um, the Santa Clara area specifically even, um, it's, uh, it's hard for them to think about accessing that area. Right. Because they're like, I just drive through there as quickly as I can, and I'm not going to stop, and I can't believe you're located there, you know, that kind of well, stuff. It's important that people who want to come visit the shop know that there's parking in the back. Totally. Absolutely, right. yeah. And but so we want to draw traffic there. That's the goal. Um, is to try to bring people into the area to recognize that, okay, this was once a thriving art district, and I don't think very many people know that. Um, it was art walks. There was yep. lots of great stuff that was in that area, um, and we would like to bring people to say, you know, come here, look and visit, and, you know, help make Dayton great again. That's yeah. kind of the goal. The theme of the podcast, New Dayton is, is ushering in a new time and sort of the uh, emergence of this new Dayton, this new town. It's not the Wright Brothers town. It's, it's not NCR, the Kettering you know, town anymore. It's a new town. And it's twofold for us with, with you guys. It's like you can't say it's a new age in Dayton if there's no juice bars. So we've got that, <laughs> and that's why I wanted to talk to you. But then also you guys are sort of faced with more, even more of a challenge than some of our recent guests right so like if we're interviewing a, a business owner in the oregon district or even like just outside of it like where warped wing is um where speakeasy is like they're already pretty yes it's city but it's like kind of suburban feeling mm-hmm. um meaning like there's newer shiny buildings there's condos there's high rent apartments you guys don't have that where you are yeah it actually works to our advantage so How so um because people love hope and mm-hmm. they like to look at areas there is there are the people that will run there are the people that are scared but then there are the people that want hope and they want to be a part of the hope mm-hmm. um, and so that's actually worked to our advantage not having all the shiny stuff around us because we're literally the people that um, if you talk to the community in that area they will all mention our names. Yeah. We're very mm-hmm. tied very closely with the city officials, and mm-hmm. um, we're helping with bringing priority and redevelopment, and there are a lot of people that want to be a part of that, but it all comes down to hope. I mean, if you look at this, that, that particular area, we got the people that say, why that area? Right, right. Why? You could have gone to the Oregon District. You could have gone to UD. You yeah. could have gone down to Centerville. You could have been at Austin Landing. You could have been anywhere and we could have probably made more money starting out sure doing that but it didn't fulfill what our purpose was and our purpose was to bring hope to people that might not have otherwise had it it's amazing yeah. and you're walking the walk right you're t- there's, there's every day yeah there's people talking the talk right <laughs> and then you're walking the walk it's really inspiring yeah everyone can talk about an idea we bought the building january 2018 so January of 2018, we bought it, and then we were up and running by June 2018. Wow, so within six months. Yeah, and we took a building that was not, it had three layers of ceilings packed with mold, mm-hmm. floors that we had to gut out, we had to get rid of all the trash. And so it was like, I mean, it wasn't just up and running in six months, it was a complete Good re- job. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm always curious, and Katie always is curious about how you got through the obstacles. Like in in January of 2018, you bought the building, and in June, you're opening the doors. But there had to be obstacles in there. 
any small business, let alone the one that you guys started. So can you talk about that? Like what was some of your biggest obstacles and how did you push through them? Yeah, so there's two components to this. Um, and you got two very different personalities. So I say let's move to Dayton, Ohio and buy an electrician business and start a juicery and we just start. And then she is the, well, let's, let's think this through and plan this out. And so mm -hmm. that all tied into that six months from January to June. There is Dave who is literally, let's just see what tomorrow brings. Let's start. Right. And, and we start building. And as an obstacle rises up, which there were plenty, I mean, we had, um, we bought the building for $13,000. I said, ah, we'll get it up and running for $10,000. And it did not work that way. Right. We had <laughs> install a brand new roof. We had brand new floors. We chipped away. We spent two weeks chipping away the walls down to the bricks just to get the look. We wow. had pressure washer in there. I was pressure washing the glue off the floor. So if you walk in the juicery right now, it looks like there's this really cool epoxy concrete thing with like, right. that was actually Dave with a pressure washer for about two weeks. Hacking away at glue. Hacking away at glue <laughs> to get certain designs so that we could epoxy it 10 times because I didn't know how to epoxy floors. Oh, and no. so like the, those things are all happening. Meanwhile, you got aggressive Dave saying, we're opening, we're opening, we're opening. It's all about results. Anyone can talk, but we got to be the ones that actually say we're doing it and mm -hmm. actually do it. Results, results, results. Uh, by the way, oh, we need a building permit. Oh, why didn't we think about this? We've already started <laughs> building. So, oh, it's a restaurant. You need an ADA bathroom. So now we're tearing down what's there. What we originally thought was going to happen is not there. Dave is just like, let's just get a bar up so we can start like business and start what we're right. planning. <laughs> Elizabeth is very decorative. We got to have a really cool bar. So like like there was yes. we met in the middle yeah <laughs> depending on which day you know and well, so, so what advice do you give a young entrepreneur who's like i want to open my thing or whatever it is and these obstacles are are just over overwhelming me if you ask me it's going to be different than her if you ask me it's just start because mm -hmm. if you don't start you'll get caught up in planning and at some point you're going to plan yourself out of mm -hmm. what you're about to do so just push just do it just go i agree with dave I mean, because honestly, as um, I'm you know, doing event planning and, and hospitality and stuff like that, I would plan it out of doing it. And so like having him do that again was like endearing to me to say, well, let's just do something to get it going and Dayton needs it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so um, without having him doing that, like I would have been like, ah, you know what? Maybe we just should not do this. This yeah. is too much. By the time you get around to it, you've already talked yourself out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So when you walk into the juicery today, you're going to see something different than what I see. Because mm -hmm. when I walk into the juicery, I look at everything that I chipped away <laughs> or the floors that I pressure washed or the, the electric that our team ran when our business was, Evan's electric was super slow and we had no work. So we put our guys to work in the juicery and oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We got to get enough money to do this. Where are we going to find the next set of dollars? Right. And the tears and the fights and the, mm -hmm. the stress and the moments of agony. And, and that all leads up to, hey, we got a really cool hipster place. Right. <laughs> right? Everyone's like, hey, let's do a podcast. Let's put this on the media. Let's do this. And what they don't realize is I don't really want to talk about it sometimes because it was painful. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's not about the glory and the glamour. Mm -hmm. Make sure you latch on to the real reason why you're doing it. That's why we always talk about mm -hmm. hope. hope. That's yeah. why we always talk about the people in the neighborhood because honestly, if it wasn't for that, we would have stopped. You might not have made it. Right. 
so every dollar that we spent or still spend is because of that mm-hmm. locked in yeah. vision of we, what we're doing. We call it our big why. Like what's yep. your big why? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and if it's uh being profitable your very first week or your very first month, then you probably are going to have trouble. But if your big why is something so much bigger than that, like hope on the north side of Dayton, that's really cool. So to somebody who's listening who doesn't drink juice, they go, oh, geez, like organic cold-pressed juice. Uh I don't even know what that means. I'm going to come in and see they're going to be super bougie or hipster, and I'm not going to feel welcome. So how would you debate that when they walk into Santa Clara, how to Santa Clara juicery, how does somebody feel? Yeah. I mean, when they you, want an organic cold pressed juice. <laughs> yeah. Organic cold pressed juice is not all that bougie. It's actually just really healthy for you. Um, a lot of times it's um, more expensive because especially where we're located in the United States of America, it's just harder to get organic produce where we're located. Right. Um, it's a tougher, um, um, it usually has to be shipped in. Hmm. Um, Our farmers don't do that. I mean, we're in the farmland. You think, right? Like that's why I was really excited when we were going to open this up. I said, Oh, it'll be so accessible. Um, organic produce in the state of Ohio is actually becoming harder and harder to obtain. Really? Uh, A lot of farmers now, like some of the smaller farmers, um, local farmers are trying to, um, grow organic, like, like, organic like they're organically grown but not certified organic because it's so expensive to certify your farm Um, so you have to be a very big farm to get the certification for it to make sense Um, so um, access to organic produce a lot of our stuff comes from outside of the state unfortunately Hmm. Um, we hope to change that as uh, farms grow in this area and um, you know grow their produce but we have to have ours pesticide free and the reason for that is that we juice the whole fruit right the whole vegetable hmm. so if we're a pineapple reducing the entire rind hmm. so the cool thing about that is this is a hydraulic press and so that means that there's no the, the extract there's no heat process to it and you get all of the nutrients in there and it's very bioavailable to your body mm-hmm. that's a really big word it can sound bougie <laughs> so that's where cold press actually that's has like exactly a health right. benefit it's a huge health benefit, actually. It um, your body utilizes it right away, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, your you, your body can absorb it quicker mm-hmm. um, than if you were to eat the produce. So we, in each bottle of juice, you have about four pounds of produce that's going in there. Sometimes wow. a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. So if you were to eat four pounds of vegetables, that would be like a lot. You'd for be sure. sitting there for a while eating a humongous salad, right? Right. So juice allows you to have quick absorption of a large amount of ingredients in a very short period. I mean, obviously you're drinking it, so. Yeah, Yeah, so imagine, uh, like I didn't know what cold press juicing was until she bought the machine. (laughs) So Uh, I'm launching By the way, that was a great description, by the way. Yeah, so imagine taking like a pineapple like that, you throw it down a chopper, it chops up the pineapple into manageable, squeezable chunks, it goes into a bag, and then the hydraulic press takes and squeezes with thousands of pounds of hydraulic pressure. Correct. And it just right. squeezes it into juice and there's no sugar added. There's no, any, it's literally just the raw fruit or vegetable and anything that is in that fruit or vegetable squeezed out into the bottle. So right. I'm drinking the watermelon cooler juice. And what is in this? Watermelon lime mint. One big watermelon, even the green part? Even the rind, yeah. That's what that's called, the rind? The rind. The rind has huge health benefits for you, actually. That's why I'm drinking it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Great. So what's next for you guys? Next up um, is for us to expand um, into um, other areas of Dayton. Um, we're starting out with Food Truck. We're taking that out to um, kind of launch, you know, kind of uh, experiment. With, with a food menu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, our next one is going to be more of a cafe style. Cool. Um, not like where there would be a lot more food options, but just some more um, that we could offer um, in addition to our great products. We're actually going to be launching a few more products, um, which would be plant-based milks, which we're super excited about. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to uh, launch a few more products with that, but in other locations, because we're finding that people enjoy coming to a location. So mm -hmm. like my experience when I was in Atlanta was going in every day to get my shots and leaving, and I would just pull in and pull out like okay, to get my yeah. shots. We want to create that experience. Um, delivery has gone okay mm -hmm. um, for the Dayton people, but I think people really want to come in and experience that together. So we're going to expand the community reach um, to bring that that um, attention, like Dave was talking about, back to Santa Clara, but right. to create other community spots. Like I'm really, um, I love the idea of third space community spots right? because um, I think that's going away in our culture. And I know that's like a really trendy term to say third space. Explain um, what you mean for those who don't know. Yeah. So um, third space is kind of coming up in like popular culture, kind of talking about a space where people can meet that's not like work or. It's a place um, between home and work. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And so it's like kind of that space where people come together to talk about like whatever, like so that they just meet other people. Because I think it's hard to meet other people if you don't go to like church or if mm -hmm. you don't have like another support group that you go to or whatever. It's finding support within your community you live in. Right. And so um, we would love to create experiences like that. Because um, I think it's perfect to have juice. It's healthy. It's really good for you. Yeah. And it makes you, um, you know, want to think healthier. You know, it provides those things that, you know, who doesn't want a drink that has an anti-inflammatory response? Right. Mean? So if people want to follow along and keep up with you guys during these next couple months and years as you expand and, and sort of take your mark into the community, how can they follow along? Well... So you're on Instagram. <laughs> we are. We're on all the social medias. It's just um, Santa Clara Juicery on all social medias. Yeah, it's at Santa Clara Juicery Dayton. Okay, great. Actually. Yeah. Well, thank you guys, seriously, so much. It was a spirited discussion, and uh, I'm an even bigger fan now than I was, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, share it with your friends. Uh, take a screenshot on your phone, post it on Instagram to your story or to your feed, post a shot on Facebook. Please help us spread the word about New Dayton. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a review. And I want to give a special thank you to Katie Matthews for producing and editing the podcast. And a thank you and a shout out to John Waldron, who created all of the music for the podcast. Also, last thing, if you have a guest recommendation, please connect with me on Instagram, chip underscore James, or email me at chipjames at gmail.com. Oh, and one last, last thing, check out the website, choosingdayton.com forward slash new Dayton. Thanks again.